Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Terry Judge. Thanks for being on the show, Terry. Hey, Whitney. Great to be on. Terry is the founder and CEO of Core Solutions Group, LLC. Terry has an extensive entrepreneurial background with over 25 years in business ownership and is one of the early adopters of engineering-based cost segregation studies, as well as other highly specialized tax credits and incentives. He has a passion for educating people in the commercial and multifamily space on how to maximize cash flow and take full advantage of their ever-changing tax code. Today, Terry and his firm, Core, are blessed to work with so many of the top accounting real estate firms, as well as the brand new investor who just purchased their first multifamily investment property. Terry, thank you again for your time being on the show today. Uh, I'm grateful for your expertise and, and being willing to share with us. Uh, give us a little more about you know what Core Solutions Group does. You know what your focus is, and and, and let's jump into just you know kind of what cost seg is, and then some other things maybe the investor uh, you know doesn't know about. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, so Whitney, I started the company, gosh, going almost 15 years ago. So, obviously, the white hair, getting all this tax talk and tax, digging to the tax code. You know, we found a, this strategy 15 years ago, kind of fell in my lap. My background was more engineering than, than tax and accounting, but ended up partnering with a gentleman from the old Arthur Anderson days, if you remember that. And he was an expert in the area of cost segregation, and he exposed it to me. And I just was blown away by it. So I immediately called my CPA. I said, Sam, like, what do you, what do you know about this? And he said, well, it's legal. <laughs> I said, well, that's good. I says, but do you, do you do it? You do it in house. And he says, no. And so I went down this path and I started t- talking and, and, and asking CPAs, you know, about cost segregation. Nobody really understood it. Nobody in the community. This was, you know, again, back in 2006, very few CPA firms, some of the bigger, the big four, the big eight were offering it to their big fortune 500 companies. But I noticed that middle America, they never even heard of this. It has kind of a funky name, right? I mean, so cost segregation for about 15 years going, you know, going forward, we just, I just got real passionate about it. And I just saw this major gap in the tax code. There was just this major gap between the real estate investor, the, the CPA community and the IRS, the IRS, does a horrible job at educating about a loophole or a strategy. And there's just two pathways. You know, at the end of the day, there's two pathways that an investor can go down. One is the straight line method, right, in the tax code. That is just if we bought a multifamily property, it's going to depreciate over 27 and a half years. And, and that's great. You can get still get some write-offs within that. And then there's another way in the, in the tax code that is the accelerated method. And that is called cost segregation. And it has been in the tax code since 1969. And then it went away in 86. Nobody knew about it in 69. Nobody really knew about it when it went away. So it wasn't that big of a deal, except the, except the big boys. And then it came back in the beginning of the 90s under this cost segregation. The IRS actually lost two major uh, t- uh, tax cases. And uh, Walgreens ended up suing the IRS 
and they lost in the U.S. tax court. So it came back, but when it came back, still the crickets. Nobody, nobody knew about it. And finally, in 2004, they published the uh, the IRS technique and guidelines. And uh, so we got we got involved in the business in 2006. So we had some basis to kind of follow. And we just, you know, we started educating CPA firms and I started speaking around the country. And that's really how we, you know, kind of got involved in it. But again, I was not a CPA. Now I know a little bit more about the tax code than I want to admit, but it is ever confusing. And what's so powerful about it today is that it's the gift that keeps on giving for whatever reason and for whatever party people are on, whatever side, whatever side of the party you're on, it just, it just keeps getting better and better and it just keeps getting hands. So now there's, I always tell like people that are coming in, you know, they're buying their first multifamily property, do this as far as, is, is, is you know, bring this in up front. Don't do this after the fact, like cost segregation should be just as important as your, your banker, your, your tax attorney, your CPA, have a cost segregation person with you to come to the table to help you plan out the improved cash flow on that property. Because it truly is, especially if you're syndicating and you've got passive investors, they are going to want that depreciation on their K-1s. Could you just elaborate just, you know, in a few sentences there? I mean, just for the listener that I, I think most of the listeners have heard of cost seg, you know, and, and probably understand slightly what that is. But just in case, could you just give us a sentence or two on just what cost segregation is? So basically, it is a form of accelerated depreciation. So the IRS allows a building to be broken apart into components. There's actually nine components. And instead of buying an asset, let's say for a million dollars, and you know we're going to back out let's say 20 percent for land that building would depreciate the, in, everything from the exterior to interior is going to depreciate you know over 27 and a half years and that's the straight line method so the cost irrigation method allows you to break apart the com- component by component there's hundreds of components can now be broken out of what we call real property moved into personal property under section 1245 and that allows these assets such as wiring plumbing irrigation, swimming pools, uh, retaining walls, the interior build out, you know, non-load bearing walls, all of the cost that essentially makes up the cost of the building to be written off now over five years, as opposed to 27 and a half years. Okay, so therefore, you can take the time value of money. The old saying is a dollar today is worth a dollar down the road. And why the heck would you let the IRS hold on to your money for 27 and a half years if you can get it in the first five where you can use that depreciation out to offset your income, therefore creating more cash flow for you and your investors? I was, I was going to say, what does that do for the investor? So that's important for the passive investor to know, but it's also important for the operator or the future operator that's listening to know as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's just cash is king, you know, and, and you're going to be able to take that depreciation against income now and in future years, because it has a 20 year carry forward. So it creates an open checkbook against ordinary income. And if you're at the high tax bracket, you know, let's say 35%, that's huge to mitigate that. Use that money now, but that's going to be net net money in your pocket. That you're not paying uncle Sam to grow the empire, to buy more buildings, and to leverage the beautiful thing of depreciation. Nice. Okay. Well, let's jump into some other parts of it. You know, I know uh, CARES Act, a bonus depreciation, things like that, that, you know, those terms are, 
are said quite often now, but but it's like sometimes that's kind of confusing, right? You hear those terms and it's like, what in the world does, do those things mean? And let's just dive in a little bit. So bonus depreciation kicked in on any property purchased on uh, after September 27th, 2017. There's a little bit of confusion on, on when it actually kicked in. So any building September 27th, 2017 automatically qualifies for 100% bonus depreciation. And real simply, Whitney, so when you buy a building, you have different components. So when even when we're doing a cost segregation study, you have your interior improvements and all the interior of a building is five years, typically five and seven years. And then also on all your land improvements, you're going to get a 15 year life. Okay. And that's great. And we carve all that out and, and that's, and that's the world of cost seg. So incomes, 100% first year bonus depreciation. And just to keep it real simple, you now, instead of waiting 15 years or five years for those assets to be depreciated, the IRS now gives us a little caveat or a little bonus. And now you can now move that 15 year and five year life into your first year. So the first year that the property goes into service, you're going to be able to utilize, if you can utilize it all great, 100% of that depreciation in year one. Very, very powerful. So it'll give you an example. You know, if if you and I buy a building for a million dollars, that first year depreciation, instead of getting about $27,500, because you get $27,500. And now with with bonus, you're going to be able to jump that up to about $275,000 in your first year on that $1 million purchase. So imagine that. So if you have a down payment of, let's say, 250 grand to get into that property, you're pretty much, you're writing that investment off in year one, and now you're off to the races, and that has a you know a 20-year carry forward. It's extremely powerful to be able to take all that depreciation in year one, and you still have the 20-year carry forward. What happens after that? You know, if we do it 100% the first year, what happens a year two through five? So... You are using most of that depreciation in year one, but if you don't you don't use it, it's gonna it's gonna spill over into the future years. So that's great. There is a net present value tied to the money that you're taking in the early life of the building. So, you know, if we can write off thirty percent, if we can put thirty percent of that purchase price into shorter life you still have 27 and a half year property that we cannot write off. That still has to remain in long, long term. And you still get your small depreciation off of those assets that we cannot accelerate. Okay. But there is a point of, you know, on your depreciation schedules because you've taken so much of it up front that you do, you're not going to get it down the road. It is, you're just, we're just, it's a shell game. We're just moving it into the early life as opposed to waiting, as I mentioned. So still a big win-win. Yeah. You know, maybe you could speak to also just, you know, cost seg, you know, for the say W-2 job earner, you know, or the, that investor, or, or maybe whether they're active versus passive and offsetting income. Yeah. This is just another powerful mechanism for tax planning for people that are still working corporate and they're looking to become a, a full-time real estate investor. So if you have X amount of hours per year that you're putting in, you can, you're can you either considered an active investor or a passive investor. So passive investor would be somebody that's just investing, let's say into a syndication and they're getting some depreciation and they're getting a nice ROI. For those of you that are active investors, maybe your wife or your spouse has W-2 income or you 
you know, you still can be a, an active investor and still have W-2 income, or you have income coming in from other properties, you can use a cost segregation study to offset income from other income sources. So you can use it to offset W-2 income. If you're a high net worth, you know, you're a high earner, but you're getting crushed with your W-2 and or other properties that you're investing in and that you have tax liability because maybe you've used all that depreciation in that particular year. Well, in comes your new property that we cost seg and you get all this extra to use to offset other income, which is a game changer if you think about it, because now you might be able to quit that job much sooner because you're getting so much more, you'll be able to keep so much more of your income. Mm. So that is just amazing that that, that exists. Only for real estate investors. This is just, you know, it's the best thing in the world. How long does it typically take to complete the study and when do investors receive that benefit? You know, if a property closed in, uh, well, let's say, you know, de- December, beginning of December, are they still going to receive benefits for that year? You know, if, I don't, uh, you know, depending on when the study's done, things like that. Yeah. So the very best time to do the study is right when the building goes into service. It always depends on, you know, first it takes us about 30 days from start to finish to do a study. There's certain documentation that's required. You know, step one, we do a benefit analysis at no cost. So, you know, we can just pinpoint the savings and get that all plugged in. So somebody that owns a property might just say, you know, how much is how much depreciation are we really going to get? We only paid 500 grand for the building. Is it worth us to move forward? And then that, and then that therefore, you know, takes us, like I said, about 30 days, we do visit the property. So there is a process that we follow from start to finish, but depending upon if you're filing extensions or if you're going to be closing out your year on time, that's just all about planning. And a lot of times we'll approach a project, let's say, like you said, Whitney, maybe the project, they just bought a building, maybe they're, they need some depreciation, let's say in 2020, but the renovations and the build-outs won't be completed till 2021. And we will do a phase one, which we, we, we call that the as-built, uh, which is basically the original building. And my client will say, Terry, you, you know, carve this thing out. We need some depreciation. We need some write-offs for 2020. And then, so we'll do that. We'll just go in as the building is. Maybe there's certain things that are being removed from the building. We're going to be replacing roof, lighting, parking lot, all that stuff is pretty common. And then we can pick up the renovations on the backside and then they can just, we can add it to the current cost seg or we do a mini cost seg on the back. Just depends on how big the renovation projects are and what tax year, you know, you're, you're going to need that for. So it just, just a little planning on, on, on the timing of all of it with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for instance, you know, if, if a project closes, you know, late in the year, I mean, like coming up right now, and I know there's investors who are, you know, they're doing tax planning and they're wanting to invest, you know, in another deal or two before the end of the year, are they still are going to have time to have any benefit from a cost segregation study, you know, in this year for say on the K-1 they're going to receive next March? So you're saying that uh, based on the, the timing, like we were just talking about, like towards the end of the year, can they still get... right? Are they still receiving the benefit for the same tax year? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, they can still, uh, again, it just depends on when they're filing. You know, are they on time? Are they extending? But yeah, they can still get it because especially towards the end of the year, you know, people aren't, even if they're going to file on time, you know, we got April, you know, 15th. So we have plenty of time if somebody buys a building towards the end of the year right now 
to make that happen so, so everyone gets there everyone's happy when the k1s you know when the k1s come out Awesome. Awesome. What about, and just so the listener knows, I know this show is coming out after the election. uh, And so, you know, more now about some of those things than we do when we're recording this today. But, you know, I'd like to just get Terry's opinion about, you know, what he sees potentially happening, you know, depending on if the election goes one way or the other. Yeah, if anybody watched that debate last night, they're 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 going to know that you know there's still going to be some serious divisiveness, even depending upon who wins or who loses. It's pretty much, you know, at that point we just do what we do, and I'm not going to go there in terms of political. But I will say that you know, if Trump remains in office, depreciation, cost segregation, bonus depreciation, everything that's in the tax law currently will continue to go. Everything will be great. If if Joe Biden wins, he's already been on record that he wants to squash some of the loopholes for the rich, as he calls it. And he's already mentioned 1031 exchanges will be gone or he wants to eliminate 1031 exchanges. I think the accelerated depreciation would be next. How fast he does that. There's a lot of wealthy Democrats that own a lot of real estate that love cost segregation. And the reason why Trump pays $750 in taxes, whether that's true or false, is because he leverages the tax code and cost segregation. So, you know, it's one of the most powerful tax strategies on the planet, or at least in the United States, for people to use. And I'm just encouraging my clients to, you know, if you have buildings and you haven't done any cost seg studies on your buildings, I would encourage you to get them done because we don't know how this is going to, (laughs) we don't know how this is all going to play out. Nobody really does. What's the hardest part of completing the cost seg study or working with the operator? Has there been times where it's like, you know, we need to get this done, but it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. Hey, are just mistakes maybe an operator makes, you know, that keeps it from getting done or maybe they just, they fail to get it completed. Just from a standpoint of just getting them engaged, maybe they're, they're hyped up on it and they want to move forward, but they just, they failed to get us certain information. They failed to tell us that they, this was what they bought it with a 1031 exchange till after the fact, because when you buy a building with a 1031 exchange, and by the way, they, they go hand in glove, but there's a timing and there's a, there's a planning around that. And then we find out, you know, later they didn't want us to talk to their CPA for whatever reason, they, you know, cause they think their CPA is going to just bill them, bill them, bill them. And, and therefore we find out things after the fact that we've already done 90% of the work. Then we got to go and change. We have to kind of change our reporting. And so just getting the due diligence up front on both sides, setting the right expectations on both sides is critical. And we, you know, we, we do that. So there is no, we spend a lot of time up front before we even take a retainer. That way, everything works smoothly. We have a kickoff process. We want we get the CPA involved early on in the process, and therefore, it's, it you know they 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 most of almost one hundred percent of the time they go very very smoothly. You know, Terry. You know, I believe anyone that's successful in business, especially in real estate, has has a high level of self discipline. You know, how did you gain such a high level of self discipline? You know, I think it's critical, and if you don't, you'll struggle. I, I think you have to be consistent in your daily method of operation, whether that's getting up, you know, a mind's gratitude. I, I, I like to consume. I'm not a big book reader anymore. I like the audio books. I love podcasts. You know, I'm trying to do my walks at night. You know, I, the gyms have been closed. So it's been a little weird. That's throwing me off. I got the belly now. And, you know, <laughs> I try to do my little dumbbells in the, in the living room. But obviously, so gyms finally just opened in Detroit we're at a 25%. So we're, we're trying to get, I'm trying to get my head back straight and, and get back. But, you know, I think just being consistent and being accountable, God, the older I fought this, 
Whitney for so long. And now I realize that every step of the business to get to the next level, whether it's my golf swing, whether it's my business, whether it's my relationships, being held accountable, now having coaches in certain areas, I always fought it because I thought I could just do it myself and I can, but the accountability piece to get to the next level in business and all in life is you have to be held accountable. So coaches have been a big influence in that? 100%. Are there any daily habits that you have that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Well, like I said, I think just getting up, having visual goals, you know, having them written down, having them plastered around in your office. I think the universe is powerful. So when you can see it, touch it, feel it, and you're every day when you in, in the morning, like mine, you know, I do gratitude, kind of look at relook at my goals. What are my you know my top twenty things that I have to get done today? And I just I do daily and weekly goals. I have the kind of the big thing at, here at the end of the month. So I, I don't do I don't try to push it off too too far. Like do ninety day goals. I try to do monthly goals and then break them down. It's amazing though when you're in that mindset. And I fail. I, I don't do it. I, I slip. I, I get off track. I, I get. I lose focus. And I'm right now, I'm kind of feeling burnt out. Like I feel like I need a vacation. <laughs> I got to get away because I'm just in it, in it, in it, in it, in it. So, got to recharge the batteries as as well and make sure I'm on track. But yeah, I think just the daily, just being aware of what I'm trying to achieve and then being accountable, being being appreciative as I go. And the other thing too is now I getting older in life, just, it's not what you make anymore. It's really what you put away and what you save and what you invest in. And, and like I told you, I'm getting, now I'm investing in, in multifamily. So I'm just, I'm super excited about that next phase of my life. I want to be like you, man, when I get older. <laughs> well, what's the way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Well, you're already far ahead. So I'm just now, I, I feel like I'm a little behind in the, in the online world. I'm really uh, working on that and setting up. So I'm going to be launching my podcast very, very soon. Just trying to get my online presence. I think my self-brand, if, if the, the listeners are, are not you know, doing that, I think that's something that they should start to think about. Everybody has kind of their secret sauce or, or, or a message that they can share with the world. And I think if you can build that, your personal brand around that, people want to hear from you. Even though I always... I have a hard time getting on video. Like it's just for some reason there's a block there. So that's one of my, my business coaches working with me, you know, on that. So I would just say as far as if you don't have a coach, really look into getting a coach in some of your areas and be vulnerable. Maybe we've already mentioned it, but I like to ask anyway, the number one thing that's contributed to your success. Consistency, just, just showing up, you know, every day, even when it gets tough. And how do you like to give back? I love giving back, man. I belong to a couple of charities here locally, One's called Dream Centers. We just held an event. You know, we had a fight through the COVID thing. It was kind of weird. You know, we were going to cancel it and we didn't. And we fought through and we set up a venue that was kind of outdoors. And we raised a bunch of money for, for the Dream Centers, which is just helping people, the homeless. And uh, we, have a, we have a city that just got devastated over the last 20 years. And there's just, and it's smack dab in one of the wealthiest counties. It's like literally right next door to Oakland County here in Detroit. I love being able to help them give support to that organization. Nice. Well, Terry, I'm grateful for how you give back in that way and how you're giving back to us today also. Just going through the basics of what a cost segregation study is, but also how that can help the investor you know, in big ways and what that does for us and maybe the potential effects of the election as well. Uh, grateful for your time and just sharing your expertise in this business. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Oh, great. Yeah. So, well, first of all, Whitney, thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoy it getting to know you as well. So 
but they can get a hold of me on any of the social media feeds, LinkedIn, they can, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. And then also, let me just, I'll provide you my, I guess my email would be good. So it's tjudge at coreadvisors.net, C-O-R-E and then advisors.net, not .com, but .net. They can, that's how they can get a hold of me. Awesome, Terry. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.